Good morning, Gator Nation. Welcome to a very special pre-NFL draft episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me at All Kinds Weather on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. It's NFL Draft Week, which is truly a special time in the lives of a bunch of former Florida Gators. They've been kids. They've been high school kids. They've been college kids. Uh, they've been. They've just been kids for their entire lives. A few days from now, though, that is going to change. We will be able to call them professional football players. And as far as that goes for the Gators, I've got one of them here with me today to talk about his journey to get to where he is now. But before we get into all that, got to shout out our sponsors slash partners. Of course, we are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. The Gator Good Foundation collects donations from bands and uses those donations to bring someone to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game. We'll pay for flights, for rental cars, for hotels, game tickets, all kinds of swag and food. And we just generally make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We are looking for someone to send to the swamp in 2022. We will be doing that on October 8th for the Gators game against Missouri. If you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, please reach out to us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. We are also looking for donations to donate to our cause. Please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com and click on the donate button. And while you're on the website, you can also look around and see the campaigns we've done in previous years. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients, whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. One, it is a veteran-owned business. Can't really think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. And two, it's run by a Florida Gator fan. So not only do they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a Florida Gator who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, please go to stingraybranding.com. And with that, time for our feature presentation. I'm thrilled to be joined today by James Houston IV. He was a linebacker at Florida from 2018 to 2020 before transferring to Jackson State in 2021 and becoming a star for Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders, and JSU, a first-team FCS All-American, finishing second in the entire FCS with 16 and a half sacks, uh, PFF edge grade of 95.4%, which is phenomenal. Um, and helping guide Jackson State to the SWAC title in 2021 and getting them to finish in the top 25 of the FCS rankings. Uh, coaches at Florida didn't, didn't really play him as much as they objectively should have in his three years at Florida. I, I say that, yes, partially as, as his very good friend, but I've also spoken to a couple of professional NFL scouts who tell me the same thing. Ironically, now that I think about it, they're all from the NFC East. Uh, but a lot of people kind of pinpoint that, that, that lack of playing time as a reason he left Florida. And it would be intellectually dishonest to just say that isn't true. It did play a part in it. But 
There was also another much deeper reason behind his transfer. And we'll get into all that in a moment. And how James not only proved Todd Grantham wrong for not playing him as much as he should have, but how he actually followed in his family's footsteps and carved his own path. Uh, James, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are an extremely busy man. So first of all, how are you? And then if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about specifically why you are so busy right now. Uh, I'm doing great right now. Um, I'm actually in Las Vegas. Uh, the NFL Players Association, they invited me out to Las Vegas to kind of partake in some events. Uh, and Just, you know, the whole, whole just draft week. And uh, so it's just been a great opportunity. I met a lot of great people and uh, I'm just having a great experience. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely here to talk about that. Definitely here to talk about the draft. Um, before we get too much into that, though, there is a, a special segment that I like to lead off with, um, with every interview subject that comes on the pod. Actually, this is our co-host Casey's brainchild, but he can be with us today. Um, but I'll take it on his behalf. So the first, first question of, of the lightning round, is, as he calls it, is, is always the same, and, and that is, why did you become a Florida Gator? Okay. Um, I became a Florida Gator because, I mean, that Gator standard, uh, just the history and tradition behind it was just great. Uh, it was immaculate. Um, and uh, also, you know, Coach Randy Shannon was a coach there when, when I was uh, trying to commit. He was recruiting me to, to get to Florida. Um, and he was just a great overall linebackers coach. He's great. Coached all the great linebackers, Ray Lewis, and uh, et cetera. And so um, I kind of wanted to be under that umbrella and get coached by him. Uh, Florida's also an everything school. They're good at football. Just the whole athletic department is just phenomenal. Um, and uh, the academics are top ten in the country. So, um, I mean, it was just felt like everything that I needed in a school. Um, and it was right up the street. It was about four hours away from where I stayed. And so um, it was just felt like the right decision to make. And uh, it's a great school. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know you grew up a Miami fan, so that was a little closer. <laughs> yeah. But – but you went, you went to their rival school, um, or one of their rivals. Unfortunately, they don't play anymore. Um, we, we have a lot to get to, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just, just looking for a real quick like, 10, 15-second answer from you on this. But what, do you think Florida and Miami should play every year? I definitely think they should play every year. Florida, Miami, and FSU, in some aspect, they should all play each other just because uh, I feel like having that, you know, that title. I, see, I saw the other day UCF kind of claimed that state title. Uh, but I feel like that's important to have. You know, uh, Florida is a, a very proud state. Uh, we very, we're very big on, you know, uh, disrespecting who's 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 who. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really do feel like we should play every year. Yeah, Central Florida did. They did claim that they made rings, which is kind of weird when you go nine and four in a mid-major conference. But I mean, you know, they 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 can do it. They did beat Florida. That's that's that that's Florida's fault. I mean, Florida did lose right. that game. It was a fairly contested game. You know, to the victors uh, go the spoils. So, um, the next part of the of the lightning round segment that we like to do is like to talk about some of your favorite moments, your favorite plays at Florida. I I've got mine. But I, I want to see what your your three favorite plays from your days at the University of Florida were. Okay, uh, my three favorite favorite plays. Uh, number one, gotta be versus Georgia. Um, just the the big hit that I had 
uh, versus the, the the quarterback at Georgia. Um, that was just a great feeling. Uh, you know, it's a big rivalry, 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 Florida versus Georgia, and that was kind of one of the first times that we beat them in a couple years. So uh, that was a big moment for me. Uh, playing Miami, um, having uh, just that whole experience, uh, getting a sack in that game, uh, it was great because you know that was I grew up a Miami fan, and just that you know that competition. Um, it's always going to be there. It's going to be a game to just remember. And uh, I would probably say the Michigan game when we played in Atlanta. For my first time playing in, in the Mercedes Dome, um, it was just an amazing feeling. My first bowl game, I got to kind of play more than I, that I played during the whole season. And uh, it was just a great experience for me. Definitely remember you giving that little, um, little, little dirt bike at the end of that game. That was- <laughs> yeah. That was that was cool to see. That I mean, because that was like the ending montage as the credits were rolling and they were going to go to the next game and they were saying, you know, the Florida beats Michigan from the Peach Bowl so long and there you are doing that little dirt bite. That's just yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm I am surprised you did not mention your your complete obliteration of Deshaun Fenwick in South Carolina and you got to sack yeah. Colin Hill. I definitely love that play, you know, because uh, I was a little pissed off. And so uh, I gave him I gave him everything I had. I put that shoulder into him, and uh, I don't think he really wanted to feel that. So, yeah, that was good. Well, he didn't He didn't want to feel it. And I, I think a, a, a smarter player um, in the same role was Cam Akers the previous year of FSU. His, he, he really wanted no part of it. He ran away from you. You come yeah. flying through that B-gap against FSU. And, I mean, just a great scene, right? I mean, you're, you're decked out in the all blues. It's at night, Florida FSU. You come into the B gap and Acres sees you. He's like, "Nope, I don't want any part of that." And he just runs away. You yeah. have a free sack of James Blackman. So, I mean, that just goes to show how terrifying you were uh, when you were on the field at Florida. So, we're primarily here to talk about you and and your journey and the rest of this draft class. But I, I can't have you on and not ask you about what it was like to go up against three of the greatest Gators, to, I, I think, of all time. Uh, in, in one on one team in 2020 with Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and Kadarius Tony. I mean, we're already seeing Kyle Pitts breaking records in the NFL. Tony's already proven what he can do. Future is a little bit up in the air with the Giants, but I mean, in terms of potential, there's there's no one debating that he, he still could be a special player in the league. And and Kyle Trask, we haven't seen step on the field yet in a meaningful role, but certainly in college, he and Pitts and Tony were among the greatest that Florida's ever had. So what was it like for you to have to face off against them on a daily basis in practice for a couple of years? Um, it was great. Uh, there was so many great players at Florida. Uh, those three being kind of one of, one of the best. Um, Kadarius Tony is a player that I honestly have never seen. I've never seen anybody play like him. I've never seen anything, anything close to it. And uh, he's probably one of the best players I've seen with my own two eyes. Um, he's just so electric and dynamic. Um, Kyle Trask, uh, I always believed in Kyle Trask ever since I, I stepped on campus. Um, I always thought he kind of just had something about him. Uh, he was always just very professional and always went about everything the right way. Just never kind of always got that opportunity. Um, so he was just, he was a great one. He had a great year, uh, that 2020 year. And Kyle Pitts, I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's easy to explain. He's just the unicorn, you know, uh, just mismatched for, for linebackers, mismatched for DBs. And so he's, uh, he's in a, a world of his own. He's going to uh, take off and do great things in the NFL. So really looking forward to that. Um, that 2020 offense, it was, uh, it was real different. It was real different. Those, those three players on that team, uh, they did some special things. I really felt like uh, and the defense could have held up a little bit better that year. Uh, I felt like we could have been national champions. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm glad you said it, not me. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not here to to sort of you know poke that raw wound. But uh, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, we'll just keep it as as black and white as the facts. Where the fact of the matter was, the defense just wasn't there in 2020. I mean, Florida probably beats Texas A&M if the defense doesn't give up 41 points. The offense goes and puts up 38 there. The offense right. puts up 46 on Alabama. And, and even against LSU and that, that weird, that, that fog game where the, the fog just like rolls in, still got in the 30s. I mean, usually that should win games. Um, but, I mean, it just doesn't happen for that defense. I know that that was a bit of a disappointment for you. And I know that part of that disappointment had to stem from the fact that you really, you probably should have played a lot more than you did, especially on a team that finished outside the top half of the FBS in most statistical categories. Um, but there, I know that there was another reason for your d- decision to transfer, and, and we'll get to that momentarily. But how much was the lack of playing time really responsible for your decision to transfer versus the other reason that we will get to momentarily? Uh, overall, I mean, I just kind of felt like my time there I ended. I had uh, graduated. Uh, I spent four years there, so that was the typical span of, of being out of college. Um, and I, I had my ups and downs. Um, I had really good ups. I had really down downs. And so uh, it was just a lot going on. Um, I didn't really always clash well with the, the coaching staffs and stuff like that. And But it was it was all good. Um, I didn't really feel like I played as much as that I, I, I felt like I should have. Um, and uh, that that's really all it was. Um, I just kind of felt like, uh, my talents could have been used at a way better uh, opportunity anywhere else. And so uh, I just kind of wanted to see what, you know, I had a store for, you know, being on the field uh, at a consistent level. Well, that's, that's the thing that I think uh, may, maybe some Gator fans may, maybe don't remember because there were so many other things about that team, like the shoe throw, the defense, the defensive coordinator. There were so many other, and, and not to mention Trask and Pitts, there were so many other buzz topics on that team that you might have gotten – a little bit forgotten about, but what what yeah. should not be forgotten about is that when you got on the field, you made plays. Like you, you didn't you didn't play as much as you should have. But I mean, even even in that Cotton Bowl game, we all want to forget that. But you got on the field, you you went to tackle Drake Stoops, you ripped the ball out, like right. you forced the fumble. That I mean, football is like a weird shape, so it's not unreasonable to think it could take a different sort of bounce. If Florida falls on that, it's seventeen thirteen. They could go down and score and maybe have the lead at halftime. Right. People don't right. remember that, so it's it's a bit of a weird dynamic there in that it, it ended a little differently than I think it it very easily could have. Uh, it just didn't really work out in your favor. But then, right. so th- there there was that aspect. There was there was the team that you left. Um, talk to me a little bit more about the team that you then joined and and the program that you then joined and and why that was special to you to go to Jackson State. Uh, yeah, I had a phenomenal journey and uh just you know that that team jackson state uh just kind of starting something starting back up something new um and just you know being kind of that front runner for for making history for jackson state um it was a blessing in disguise i honestly couldn't even have imagined anything that kind of happened this whole year um it was a blessing plan for Deion sanders and uh getting coached by jeff weeks and and uh dennis starman um that was just you know something i, I never could have imagined and uh, it was just great. Every moment of it was great. Every day, I just kind of felt like it just felt like home. It felt it was a different aura about it. Um, I felt like everybody kind of had um, a certain reason why they was there. And um, we all kind of had a common goal to make history and win championships. And 
and just be great and kind of set this new standard for uh, athletes to go to HBCUs and, and, and that whole route. Right. So the HBCU aspect of this is not really talked about much today because, I mean, the worlds of Alabama's and Georgia's and, I mean, I guess now Texas A&M with their oil money, they can just get whoever they want. But now there's, there's a precedent that's been set. We saw with Travis Hunter going to Jackson State after being committed to FSU for two years, which as a, as a Gator fan, like the Florida fan of me thinks that's hilarious. The more, <laughs> the more like objective and future thinking part of me thinks, all right, well, why does he do that? Yes, he is, he is black. This is a historically black school. There's something more than that. There's something more because there are a lot of black athletes that do not play for HBCUs. So what is, what is the sort of turning of the guard that's happening now that's making HBCUs more attractive now than they were even 10 years ago? Um, Honestly, I think the first thing uh, that kind of brought the whole attention to it was was coach Prime. Um, Coach Prime just being one of the best NFL players uh, in history coming to HBCU and coaching them. Um, that was just something that was never really thought of. Nobody ever thought that would ever happen. And uh, he came there and um, he did what he had to do. Uh, he knew he was going to be special. He knew he, he's always legendary. So uh, you knew he was going to be legendary here. And uh, other coaches, other Hall of Fame coaches and other uh, players kind of coming back and coming to coach these HBCUs, I think it's a great thing um, because we need that. Uh, we need those guys that have been in that position to kind of teach our guys and, and uh, lead us through that way. And uh, historically, black colleges, they've, they've had that way. You know, we've, Jackson State, we got four Hall of Famers. You know, uh, that's more than Florida. So it's like, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's bringing back the old, you know what I'm saying, and making it a little bit new. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, you know, having our own thing, you know, and uh, bringing that up, you know what I'm saying, not letting that slip through the cracks because that's something that we have uh, as people. And, uh, you know, you don't want to let go of that. I think that's incredible. I think that's incredible that you realize that. I think it's incredible that a lot of young African-American student athletes are coming to realize that in this decade, especially, I mean, like Travis Hunter realized that. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about Dion and, and the flashiness of Coach Prime. He still chose to go to an FCS school. Like that, that's still the fact of the matter. After being committed to FSU for two years and having offers from pretty much everywhere he wants. But you had a different sort of reason you had a different motivation to go to an hbcu so tell us a little bit more about that and uh you know your, your family's background and why it was important for you to continue that right so um my whole family especially my immediate family family has gone to hbcus um we've all go to, gone to like state schools in the beginning for our undergraduate and then uh hbcus for our, our master's degrees and so uh it was just something that my whole family has done um, it was an experience that I knew I always wanted. And, um, yeah, everything just kind of worked out on its own. Um, I always kind of had that feeling that I wanted to go to HBCU, and um, it was right in front of my face when I entered the portal. Um, I didn't really, you know, kind of the same as Travis Hunter, uh, having other options, uh, talking to other FBS schools, top schools in the nation, Power 5 schools, and uh, making that decision to go to an SCS school. Uh, but most importantly, I don't really look at it as FCS. I look at it as HBCU because, uh, that, like, again, that, that's our thing. That's our thing. And so um, just being a part of history, you know, um, so many legends, so many people have uh, put their blood, sweat, and tears into this. And uh, it would be a shame to just let it go by the wayside. And so, uh, you know, bringing that back, it was, it was really important to me uh, to 
just be a part of that and kind of show other athletes that you don't have to go to the PWI route. You don't have to go Power 5. You can go to an HBCU and, you know what I'm saying, and, and rep your school, rep, rep the history that comes along with it. And, uh, you know, it, it's an option to, to, to go to the league and, and be successful. It's really admirable and noble um, of you to to say that and to, to have gone the route you did because I know that you were in very close contact with a bunch of different Power 5 schools. Uh, I, I know Miami wanted you. I know Missouri wanted you. I know you were very close to going to West Virginia, but ultimately you chose to follow in your family's footprints and attend an HBCU and, and further your education and, and knowledge of how the world works from a historically black college and and you became a star in the town of jackson i i remember you know i I came to watch you against bethune cookman we went out to dinner after that game at the iron horse grill and everyone kept coming up to our table to talk to you not not necessarily in a can i get your autograph type of way but more of a hey thanks for coming to jackson state thank you for helping put our school back on the map kind of way everyone wanted their moment to talk to you and and you helped take jackson state on a magical ride in 2021 which is probably why everyone wanted to take five minutes of your time to talk to you um because you were a star and there, there were a couple of, of down moments the celebration bowl was a bit disappointing and probably should have beaten louisiana monroe um probably would have beaten them if not for a call that uh I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah, James got ejected for targeting and it was, it was pretty questionable for those of y'all who, yeah. who don't know, but I mean, the, the whole year is a journey. So it was a sort of take me through the ups and downs, what it was like to play for prime as opposed to getting recruited by prime. And then just what it was like to, to have that journey to becoming a star essentially in the town of Jackson. Uh, so getting recruited by coach prime, it was real cool, you know, cause everybody heard about Deion Sanders and, all the flash and everything like that. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, but the main thing was um, he told me his his reason that, why he decided to coach at the HBCU. Um, he, FSU didn't give him his opportunity that he wanted to go coach there. And uh, the whole thing with George Floyd was going on. He just kind of felt like it was time to, you know, turn the tide and, and have our own thing and, and kind of rep, represent. And so uh, me having kind of those same alignments, uh, wanting to do the same things, um, it, it, it worked out. And, uh, you know, when everybody is kind of driven towards the same goal, has the same motivation, uh, you kind of go far. Um, but coming in, you know, first coming in, I'm thinking I'm going to play linebacker, you know, inside linebacker and, and kind of be the man there. And uh, he switched my whole position to DN. And so uh, having to learn that position, uh, going through the trials and tribulations of that, of, you know, uh, just trying to understand the position, trying to get better at it and, and do everything I can. And I had great help from Jeff Weeks and uh, Coach Coach Sturman and, and Coach Trevor, and um, it was great. Um, by the by, the time the first game came around, um, I was confident because they were confident in me, and so that kind of gave me the opportunity to go out and, and do what I had to do. And uh, the first game was a classic. We played FAMU at Miami uh, Dolphin Stadium, Hall Rock Stadium, um, and we won by one point. I got the game winning sack at the end of the game, so uh, it just kind of felt like it was the start of something, you know, something great. And uh, by the time the season was over, you looked up and, you know, we was, we was almost undefeated. We had uh, beat every team in the SWAC. Uh, like you said, we lost to the FBS school. But um, like I said, it, I, I didn't get to play the whole game. Uh, defense definitely did their thing. Uh, offense struggled a little bit. Um, 
But I mean, you know, it was it's the ups and downs. We had a freshman quarterback who, you know, hadn't seen everything. He hadn't seen all these different coverages and blitzes and stuff like that. So it was something that he had to go through. And um, no, it was a great season. We didn't end it the way that we wanted to, but uh, that that only makes the story for them. Those guys uh, come behind me even better. They could uh, just continue to improve. And I feel like that's the whole point of this thing. You know, I'm the first guy coming through. Um, you know, kicking the doors down and allowing that door to just you know be left open. And uh, those guys are supposed to push the, push it open and uh, leave it open for everybody else behind them. And so I, I just kind of feel like this whole thing is just going to keep pro- progressing. Everybody's just going to keep getting exactly what they want out of it. And uh, everybody's just going to keep doing better. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all you can do, right? It's just keep doing better every time you get out there. So, yeah. I mean, obviously you weren't in Gainesville for the 2021 season. Um, but before we get to, I mean, the feature presentation here, your, your draft, your pre-draft process, um, I mean, I, I know you're close with the guys in Gainesville. I know you're close with Carter. I know you're close with Ventrell. Well, you didn't play much of the year, I know, but I know you're close with Elam. I know you're close with Richardson. Uh, the year just doesn't go well, and it, and it all unravels, and, and Dan Mullen gets fired. Um, could could you could you have predicted some of those warning signs, or, or did that co- sort of come as a surprise to you watching from afar? Um, it's something that I could have predicted, but uh, I, I honestly just felt like, we were so talented that we were going to win and everything kind of would have took care of itself. Um, some people went down, uh, key players. I mean, I left, Ventrell went down. And uh, those are kind of, you know, the rocks, you know, the, 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 the veterans of the team. And uh, sometimes you need that. You need that on the team to kind of guide you and guide the young players uh, to, to understand how, you know, college football works and playing in the SEC works. So um, I feel like that was probably the detriment of it. Um, the defense just overall not not kind of being where it was supposed to be at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, there was definitely signs, but um, it was nothing like I, I thought it would have been. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in that same boat with you. I mean, Mullen was a guy that I he, – he was my first choice to replace Jim McElwain. Uh, I, I, think, I think it was the day – I think it was two days after the Cotton Bowl when, when, when we talked and, and, you know, you were telling me that you were looking to go to the portal. I think I said to you – um, Mullen, Mullen will be gone by 2025 because I mean, his, his loyalty is going to kill him. There, there, there are things that he does that there are no logical ways to justify and he will continue to ride those things to his own demise. I mean, he, he does so many great things as a coach. He has such a tremendous offensive mind. He's definitely a, a developer of talent at the QB position, but at the end of the day, he, he just could not get out of his own way. And he, he could not stop making decisions based on loyalty rather than giving the best people for the job the opportunity to do the job. I mean, I'll sing the praises of Emory Jones, the person all day long. He's a great dude. The tape was the tape as a quarterback. And I'll just leave it there. Uh, Todd Grantham, I mean, I'm I'm not... I don't have you on here so we can just attack him all day long, but the defense was the defense. The tape was the tape. The stats were the stats. And for the university of Florida to finish outside the top half of the FBS in so many different statistical categories is just not going to fly at Florida. And, and, you know, Mellon was the one who decided to bring him back for a fourth season despite that. And so I I said to you, you know, he's not going to be here by 25. Something's going to happen either. He'll have heard enough from the fan base the way that we now know that Mike White did on the basketball side and he'll leave on his own accord or 
everything will unravel and there will be a season that is just impossible to justify kind of like 2013 was for us where everything goes wrong and that eventually costs him his tenure at Florida. Um, but I would never have expected it would have come as quickly as it did. I, I had earmarked 2025 as the year that he would be gone. But you left, you got your season at Jackson State that definitely helped your draft process. And that's, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing this from a hotel room in Vegas, um, you know, two days away before the draft. It's, it's time, man. It's about to happen. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. So um, the draft. You're a linebacker. I, I think you're a linebacker by trade. It's hard to know now because you got to play so many different positions at Jackson State. But where would you say, given the year you had at Jackson State and also given your background, where would you say that you best fit in an NFL system? Um, so I've been getting tossed from almost everywhere on the field. Uh, I feel like probably the best position to put me at it would be outside linebacker, uh, kind of allowing me to be in, in both worlds, allowing me to rest the passer. Uh, on third downs and also allowing me to kind of stack back and, and be able to help on the run and, and simple pass stuff. So uh, that's probably the best position where I feel like uh, I could kind of do a little bit of everything. I've heard some comparisons from Deion Sanders from you to Micah Parsons. What do you think of that comparison? Um, I don't know about the overall player. But I definitely feel like we do a lot of the same things. Um, just being able to move all around the field and kind of display our athletic ability and just our ability to get to the quarterback and just, you know, get to the ball. Uh, being playmakers, being dogs, you know, getting to that ball. Um, I feel like you can do that really from any position. And I think that's what Dallas saw in um, Micah. They saw that he could he could play anywhere. Um, really just whatever you want to get out of him, you can get out of him. You just got to put him in the right position. And so I feel like that's that's the way that kind of makes us similar. Um, wherever we're at on the field, we can make plays. We can get to the ball. It's just whatever you want to get out of us. For sure. I mean, I, I definitely saw the comparison. Um, I, I know that, that Dion's going to hype his guys up. That's what he does. Uh, Micah Parsons is one of the best players in the NFL last year. Yeah. So yeah. definitely a goal for you. Definitely yep. something to shoot for, um, but I mean, you know, high, high praise for sure. So your, your goal is going to be to match that. Um, next, I want to ask you about the role that you think IQ plays on, on the defense side of the ball. Because I know that there's a lot of play recognition that re- relies on intelligence. You got to learn tendencies of different guys, whether, by the way, whether you're a corner or a defensive lineman, you got to learn the offense's tendencies. Um, as a linebacker that sort of plays multiple roles and can do different things, uh, tell me exactly how you think your intelligence has, has helped you become a better, a better player. I mean, intelligence is everything on the field, um, especially when you get to those higher levels of uh, playing football. Because uh, everybody's going to be good. Everybody's going to be quick or fast or strong or, in some form of way. And so uh, you kind of got to break down the game. You got to allow the game to, to come slower to you. Um, like understanding formations, understanding tendencies, um, just kind of understanding what they can do out of, out of certain play, out of certain formations, what plays they can run. Um, it's really important. Um, it allows the game to slow down for you. Uh, as a defensive player, you don't ever want to second guess yourself or be in any type of doubt because that only slows you down. And, um, it, you, you're not going to make a play. You're going to miss the play if, if you're slowing down and you're doubting yourself. So having that confidence that you know exactly what's going on or you know exactly what's about to happen uh, can turn you from a very, very, very average player to a, a great exceptional player. 
So I, I know that other teams have seen that in you. I know other teams have seen that intelligence in you and they've seen the results that come from that intelligence because you've been getting noticed. You've been getting, it's not the same as recruiting and, and from high school to college, but you know, you don't get offers, so to speak, but I mean, you get interviews, you get workouts, you get attention right. from them. They come to your pro day, for example. So tell me a little bit more about the teams that, that you think have shown the most interest in you and why you think they've been as interested in you as they've been. Uh, I would say probably the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I've been to both of those places, uh, um, 30 visits, top 30 visits. And so, um, it was great talking to the coaches and kind of understanding what they want from me or, and what they see in me. Um, it was great. Um, I formed kind of relationships with both coaching staffs, staffs and um, yeah, hopefully I can get picked by either one of those teams. But if I don't, any team that calls my name, you know, they, they going to get a dog. They're going to get a player that uh, they probably didn't expect to do all that. And uh, I just, you know, I'm ready for this new start of my journey. Uh, the draft ain't gonna, you know, dictate what I what I do in the league. So uh, I'm not really too much worried about it. It's gonna be a great time to celebrate, uh, just kind of my career up to this point. But uh, after I get picked, uh, it's back to the grind. You know what I'm saying? You're a rookie. You uh, you're not looked at that that same way. So you gotta you gotta put that work in. You gotta show them exactly who you are and what you're about. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, whether you're the number one pick in the draft or you're an undrafted free agent, you're still you still done zero in the NFL until you go and prove it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're, you are definitely in that same boat with some of the guys who are projected to go in the first round, like, uh, I mean, like, like a Jermaine Johnson or an Aiden Hutchinson or guys like that, you're all still in the same boat. So speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, I understand that you had a very special visit with them where you went to Dallas and got to hang out with former Florida Gator legend, Emmett Smith. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. So Tell me about that, how that came to happen, and, and what that was like. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we kind of had a mutual friend in uh, D. Brown. He's doing a lot of great stuff for HBCUs now, and uh, he just kind of runs a great business. And um, he hooked us up, knowing that, you know, I had that connection to Florida and uh, that connection to HBCU and, and Coach Prime and Dallas being in Dallas, just the whole connection. And so uh, it was great. I got to sit down and talk to him, have dinner with him. And, uh, you know, we exchanged stories. He gave me some great advice about going into the league and uh, also being a businessman. And so um, it was just a, it was a great um, experience, one of a lifetime experience. Um, and uh, I thank you to D. Brown and Emmett Smith for just, you know, pouring, pouring back into the youth, you know, and just giving me some game. That, that's just awesome. That, that's just so awesome to hear. I mean, not, not just that you got to speak to Emmett Smith, but from the other side of it too, that Emmett Smith was willing to, to sit down and have a conversation with you and, and get to talk to you about life as well as, as football. That, that's just so, so great to know about him as, as a human being. Tell me a little bit about some of the pre-draft activities you've been doing. I mean, I know you're in Vegas now. I know you, yeah. you, did, you did two All-Star games in college, which is essentially unheard of for me. Um, right. But, I mean, tell, I mean, how does that all happen? Like, how does it all come about? Um. You know, I'm a ball player, man. I, I love playing football. Anytime I can get on the field and play, um, it's always a blessing. Um, so having that opportunity to do both, it was uh, really – I was I was advised many times not to do both uh, just because of the – just the sheer physicalness and just the the attack that it put on your mental and your, your physical body. Um, those Both those weeks, um, I've heard they're, they're just really hard. 
And um, having to do two back to back would be really, really hard. And uh, I didn't really see, I didn't really see that. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought of it as just football. I'm going out there for a week and showing what I got. And um, being that I come from an HBCU and it's still kind of stigmatized as uh, less ta talent, um, I felt like I had to, you know, go out there and prove myself. And, um, I mean, I knew I could compete with anybody. I knew I could have went to the Senior Bowl and, and competed with those guys and stood out there. Uh, so it was it's really all about, you know, perspective, how, how people see you. But, um, you know what I'm saying, it's whatever you feel like you got inside, you got to go out and you got to go show it. You know what I'm saying? You can't be scared. You can't be tentative or anything like that. Uh, if you know you got it, go go do it. Go show it. See, that's the thing where, and, and I'm trying my hardest to separate the friend of James Houston from the objective, unbiased fan of the game of football here. But that's the thing where if I'm an NFL scout, I highlight your name on my draft board. Because, yeah, technically you did go against people's advice. But to me, that rings kind of like Damian Pierce's quote from the Gasparilla Bowl. Why are you playing in this game? Because I'm a Gator, bro. So why did you play in two All-Star games when you know that that's going to take a tremendous physical toll on you? Because I'm a ball player. Because I love football. That's what I want to do. And because I know you, I know that's what's in your DNA. And because everybody at that next level is talented, I feel like having that in your DNA, that, that need, that hunger – for more football is something that you could really use to your advantage to help separate you from the others. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, coming from that HBCU, you, you're going to have that chip on your shoulder, man. Uh, so it's all about, you know, proving yourself and uh, you just got to constantly do it. And uh, I mean, it, it shouldn't be nothing to you. Cause I mean, that's you, you know what I'm saying? So I never really had a problem with that. Uh, I always just kind of felt like I, I, I put out whatever's on tape. And, and you gonna you gonna perceive it however you perceive it. Um, I know I do some great things, um, and I know there's things I got to work on. So um, I I didn't. It really didn't. It wasn't like a oh man, what if I mess up? Like it may drop my status. Nah, man. Like go out there and play, do your best. And uh, I knew God had my back. I knew I knew what type of player I was. So I knew it couldn't be anything too bad. If anything, I was gonna you know skyrocket and, and go higher. And that's what I feel like I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you definitely didn't hurt yourself going out. and I mean, you're going up against a lot of – I mean, the, in two All-American games, you're going up against a lot of the same guys you're going to be competing with for draft stock, and you definitely did well against them. So I would definitely say that you helped yourself there. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned the things that you do well, the things that you think you can work on. Um, definitely I would say – I mean, you're not the biggest guy out there, but that could right. kind of be used to your advantage, right? I mean, tell tell me how like the the sort of the physics of that work, how you're you're, you're a little smaller than some I guys. Mean, um, yeah, most definitely. Uh, from the beginning of football time, since football started, you know, uh, especially offensive line and defensive line, uh, it's all about leverage. All about leverage. Who's the lowest guy? The lowest guy always gonna win. So uh, me, kind of already being lower than them. And also having the gift of 34-inch arms, 84-inch uh, wing, wingspan, um, it gives me that advantage. I feel like it gives me a, a great advantage uh, to kind of get up under a guy's pads and uh, still keep that distance away from a guy. So, um, yeah, I feel like I was really almost made for the position to, to kind of excel at that position, especially at pass rush. So, um, yeah, it, it's really just a blessing from God. 
Yeah, well, I'd say you definitely used it very well. Um, the yeah. times you got to see the field at Florida and then, of course, at Jackson State. Um, everyone's got stuff they want to work on, though. I mean, no, no one – I mean, not even Aiden Hutchinson or – uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle. I mean, not even the top guys can go in and say, yeah, I'm perfect. I'm just going to go in and star day one. They all have things they have to work on. So what would you say are the things that you could get better at and that you want to improve on when you get to the pros? Uh, most definitely off the edge, um, playing a run, uh, hand placement, getting my hands in the right space and uh, just being sturdy and, and uh, having strong hands and just, you know, keeping my, keeping my, uh, my leverage and keeping my, my base and my, my space. Um, off the ball, definitely uh, my footwork. Uh, just being more fluid with my footwork, um, not taking any missteps. Although I have the athletic ability to kind of make up for a lot of that stuff, um, I want to be able to, you know what I'm saying, use my athletic ability at the end of the play, you know, not, not really using it at the beginning of the play to get in position to make a play. So uh, footwork and just keeping my eyes in the right spot, uh, not getting distracted by any eye candy, uh, just making sure that I'm doing my job. Eye candy. I like that. It's a good term. It's a good, it's a good term. Um, football. An another answer could have been your celebration skills. <laughs> Most definitely. Dude. I do need to work on my celebration. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I, you might have been winded. Like, I, I could give you that, especially with that. Yeah. It was like an 80-yard scoop and score against Alabama Man. State. Yeah, you I don't know what to a, do. No, nah, I definitely got a um, – <laughs> I got uh, roasted for that. I definitely got roasted for that because uh, they said, bro, there was nothing else you could do but to put your hands up. <laughs> and uh, I really, I looked at it like, no, it was like, thank you, thank you, God. You know what I'm saying? And then I came onto the sideline. I was so tired. I was, I was exhausted. And uh, <laughs> the camera was in my face and he it was like, yeah, so how does that feel? And I was just like, too easy. <sighs> I'm breathing real heavy, too easy. And uh, yeah, and I was definitely tired after that long run. But uh, yeah, I got to work on my celebrations. This time. You could just maybe like, like a signature. You could have just like Gronk spiked it, even. I mean, or right. even like slid into the. I mean, you're, you got the you got the blue painted ends, and you could have just like slid and made a snow angel in that in that, that blue paint. Yeah. Um, think I think that was at the open end of Jackson, uh, that that stadium. You could have done like uh, Brandon Spikes and punted it. Well, that no, right. you know, that no, that, no, that would have gotten you a penalty. So no, you can't. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I got I got to come up with a signature uh, celebration, so I don't got to think too hard after I make a play. Yeah, just that's right. Have it have it in your mind, and and when the time is ready or when the time is right, you'll be ready. Um, to unleash it on the world. I guess that's something that your new NFL team can look forward to seeing. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about some of the other guys that are going to get drafted. I mean, this is a Florida Gator pod. You are, you were a Gator for three years, but there are going to be other guys from the university of Florida that are going to get drafted this weekend. In particular, there are three that I think we know are safe bets. They will get drafted. Uh, let's start with, let's start with your boy, Kyrie. What do you think of him? What does he bring to the NFL level? Um, what do you think he could get better at? And what do you think that his new team, whichever team that is, should know about him? Uh, so Kyrie, he's actually with me out here in Vegas. So uh, we've been chopping it up a lot and just kind of kicking it. But um, nah, Kyrie is a phenomenal player uh, from day one. As soon as he stepped on the field, uh, you knew he, he belonged there. And uh, he was going to do really well in Excel. Um, what I really like about his game, uh, he's physical. He can be really physical with you on the line. Um, and he, he's got long arms. He's real long. He can, you know, hit you on your chest, and he can run with you too. 
So uh, he's got good ball skills. So it's like, you know, it's, it's really everything that you need in a corner. Um, he's kind of similar to me uh, as a Patrick Sertain, uh, just kind of having that technique, being able to be long and rangy and also being able to run. So uh, I can't wait to look forward to see what he do in the league. Uh, I'm not really sure what he got to work on. I'm not too much of a DB coach. Every time I see him, he look good out there. Uh, I've never really seen him give up anything too crazy. And so, um, yeah, I feel like he's a great player. He definitely does not get beat very often. That's definitely, right. the, I think, the main thing you look for. That and getting flagged for PIs all the time, I guess, which he does not do. So, no. um, I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick. I think maybe he falls to the second round, but he's going to be a high pick, certainly on the yep. first two days. Uh, let's talk about – I called him your boy, but, I mean, Zach Carter is also your boy. So, uh, what, I mean, what do you make of his game? Because I know he plays closer to the position that you play. So, what do you make of his game? What do you think he's going to bring to his new team? And if there is something, what do you think he could get even better at? Yeah, Ben Zite, man, he's uh, I call him a little Swiss Army knife because uh, I feel like he could play anywhere on that line. You know, uh, he could play edge, he could play three tech, he could play five, seven. He could re- he could really go at nose and hold his own. So um, uh, I just feel like he's a player similar to me, just very versatile. Um, you can use him in a lot of different situations, and uh, he's a dog, man. He gonna work hard. He ain't gonna give up on no plays. You know what I'm saying? He always gonna give his his best effort. He always gonna put his best foot forward. So um, I look forward to see what he got to do in the league. Um, I mean, there was a lot of p- players at Florida that I feel like just had a lot of versatility. And um, I feel like we kind of got stuck in maybe like one position just because of, you know, just traditional um, thinking of football, um, not really allowing a player to, you know, go back and forth and, and do different things. But uh, I definitely feel like he's a player that can do a lot of, lot of different things. And last but not least, the man that went viral for trying to score without his helmet last year against FSU, <laughs> Damian Pierce. I, I mean, first, tell me about the run. Like, like I know you saw that play, um, not live, but, I mean, you saw the replay of it. And you, you see the guy's helmet just pop off, and you see him keep trying to score. And I'm sure you saw the picture of his eyes just, like, bugging out of his head, go crazy. W- what do you make of him uh, in, in terms of – in terms of his his desire to score every time he touches the ball, the, the quote of "I'm a Gator, bro." That's why I'm playing in this game. Uh, tell me a little bit more about his 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 fire and his determination, and, and just what makes him tick. Man, DP is a special person, man. Uh, when he first stepped on campus, we had a class together, and uh, I could just tell he was he was different. You know, he had a different energy to him, and uh, he's one of the hardest working guys that I know. Um, he always going, you know what I'm saying, he's going to push himself as hard as he can, and he's not going to let up on nobody. He don't care if you scout team, first team, he's going to go as hard as he can. And so uh, uh, he's a great player, great attitude, and he just has a great mentality towards the game. Um, it's really everything that you want in a player. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's going to hit you too, man. Like, he really going to hit you. I done seen him really knock people back on their on they butt. Uh, not me. <laughs> but uh, I, definitely, sure? I definitely – Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> – <laughs> but uh, he definitely uh, – he's just got a different energy, man. And uh, he's not – he may not be one of those running backs that's going, you know, try to hit that sideline and try to go for 80. He might see you and just try to hit you and, and make you make you feel him. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a long game. So he's, he's not a running back that I look forward to hitting every play. <laughs> you and him might have some very, very interesting uh, – I guess we'll call them confrontations – in the, in the pros on the field. I, yeah. I know you and him are close off the field, but on the field, that, that's going to be fun. 
Yeah, it should be. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, I mean, Florida doesn't have anyone else that's a, a sure thing to get picked. But I think my, my boy uh, Jeremiah Moon, I feel like he can uh, he can do a lot of different things. I know he's uh, had some injury injuries uh, throughout his career at Florida, but um, just tremendous athlete, tremendous football player, uh, really long and rangy. And uh, like I said, he's a very versatile player as well. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, he started off his career, you know, really at inside playing wheelbacker, uh, covering slots, you know what I'm saying, at 6'4", just covering slots. Then he, uh, when Todd Grantham came in, you know, he moved to the butt position and he was just rushing off the edge. And then uh, his last season, I believe I saw him at inside at Mike, Mike Linebacker. So um, and he looked real good there too. So I just feel like, like I said, we had a lot of versatile players at Florida. Um, I, I really always feel like we put them in the best position to succeed, but uh, I, we got some great athletic players there. So before I let you go, I probably should have asked this earlier, but um, we, we got to talk a little bit about the future of the two programs that you spent your college days at. So let's let's do Florida first because you, you started there. So I know you don't – you've never played under Billy Napier. You never recruited you. But I know you know guys on that on that team that are in that locker room that do know him. So from what you've, you've heard and seen, what do you make of him and, and what do you think the future of Gator football is with Coach Napier? So, I mean, I did some research, um, and I saw him at Louisiana, and uh, I just – I feel like he's a phenomenal coach. Um, he does what he's got to do with, with what he gets. And so I think that just – that's the testament of a coach. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're able to win and, and expe- exceed your expectations from what you have. And so um, being at University of Florida, you're going to have a lot of talent. You're going to have a lot of talent, man. And uh, I feel like Florida gets a lot of the, the uh, underdogs. You know what I'm saying? We get a lot of the underdogs that – aren't really looked at too highly, but, you know, they can really play. So um, I'm really looking forward to what he got in store. Um, From what I hear, uh, he's a great coach, players coach, and uh, he's taking care of those guys. So um, I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how they do next year and uh, the years to come. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a player's coach, and he he comes into the University of Florida. The first thing he hears is all the food sucks. The parking situation (laughs) sucks. I mean, I know you can probably attest to both of them. He comes in. Oh, yeah. And he fixes them immediately. So there's something right away that the players can say, okay, right. well, the coach is doing that. He's going to do this. We can look forward to him taking care of us um, moving forward. So Florida, we thought that was uh, something that was not fixable. And uh, he did that within, you know, that first six months of him being there. So that, that's a credit to him. Really? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Parking was like, man, we didn't never feel like that was ever going <laughs> to – we was never going to fix that. And then the food situation we had – been through a numerous of uh, nutrition specialists and stuff like that and we've tried almost everything and it's never really kind of worked out so I'm, I'm happy to see that those guys feel like it's working for them and he and Napier just comes in and and, and like 20 days he fixes right. less even he just fixes right. it. that's that's a pretty strong testament to him that doesn't really speak fantastically about the guy before him but I mean He's not here anymore. Um, he, right. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen did win Florida two national titles as a coordinator. I was about to say, he's a, one thing I say about Dan Mullen, he's a winner. So um, sometimes other things may go by the wayside, but uh, he, he's gonna win. You know what I'm saying? That last year probably wasn't the best example of it, but um, he's a winner. He he knows how to you know drop those offensive schemes. I feel like he's a great offensive coordinator, a great offensive coach. So uh, that's one thing I can't say about him. You're rooting for him moving forward. Oh, without a doubt, I feel like he'll be a great coach wherever he goes. 
Gotcha. Well, I mean, of course, he was he was your coach for three years. Um, so same same question, but now for Jackson State, for for the school that you started your master's degree at, the school that gave you your next opportunity, and this and the school that you you helped lead to a SWAC title for the first time in almost a decade. What what lies in store for Coach Prime and for Jackson State? Only great things, man. Um, having that guy, uh, Coach Prime. Uh, I feel like he's just he's just blessed really in every aspect. Um, I feel like he he's a man of God, and so I feel like God just has he's touched him in a certain way, and uh, he doesn't keep that to himself. You know, he uh, he blesses others, and uh, it kind of just oozes off of him. And if you're in that area, you know, what I'm saying you're gonna get blessed, and so um, I feel like you know the future for that program and, and for Coach Deion Sanders is just it's only great things. Uh, Coach Sanders is a, he's a great coach. Um, he's probably the best head coach that I played for. Um, just just having that that aura around him, man. He he makes you feel better. Uh, I feel like he makes you almost play better because you feel better just being around him. And so, um, yeah, Jackson State. Uh, hopefully, you know they go back to that that celebration bowl and we finish it off this time. And then maybe next year, you know, we go to FCS playoffs and do our thing there. So, I feel like the program's on the up and up. And uh, like I said, I can't wait to see. I saw the spring game the other day. And uh, that kid, Travis Hunter, man, he looks real good. So uh, they got a real good player over there. Two questions that I think a lot of of, of fans, especially in the Southeast, are, are sort of fearing. Do you think that that Dion will take Jackson State to the FBS, which would be kind of a trailblazing move as an HBCU? And then if he doesn't, do you think he is a threat to if things sort of don't work out in Tallahassee, does he maybe take that job at FSU? Uh, I think he's a threat for every single head coach around the nation. Um, he, he is going to be a great coach wherever he goes, whether it's the NFL, high school, FBS, SCS, it don't matter, man. He's he's a great coach. He's a great person to be around. And so, uh, and I mean, he's a great athlete. He's a great player. Like, he's done that already. He's been there and done that. So, um, I feel like he's going to have a lot of opportunities to go, to go other places. Uh, hopefully, he sticks it out in Jackson for a little bit longer. And uh, maybe he can lead us to that FBS and uh, kind of have us on that that platform to kind of set us up for for the later years. So um, hopefully he can get that done. It would be a great trailblazer move, like you said. And uh, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Excellent. Um, so I mean, it's it's always great talking to you, man. Um, yes, whether sir. it's on whether it's on the record or off, I, I do have to I do have to put this this thought in, in Gator fans' heads. Uh, because there, there are there are some some Gator fans that might say, well, you know, he went to Jackson State. Why is he on a Gator podcast? Whatever. Tell me a little bit, because because I was in your apartment in Jackson. I, I I saw what was in that closet. You got those Gator jerseys in there. You got those. Yeah. You got you got those Florida workout clothes. Tell me exactly what it means to you now, though it didn't necessarily work out and at the time. What it, it means to you to have been a part of the Florida Gators and what it means for you moving forward to say, yes, I, I am a Gator. Oh, yeah. I'm going to always be a Gator, man. Um, you know, that's that's our saying. You know, once a Gator, always a Gator. You know what I'm saying? We always look out for each other. And so, um, yeah, I had a great time. You know, even though, you know, I, like I said, I had a lot of ups and I had a lot of downs. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's life. And so uh, I feel like that experience just allowed me to be a better person. And so, um, yeah, I love Florida to the end. Um, I always, you know, I'll go back and support and, 
and I pour into those guys that are still there, you know. Behind the scenes, I ain't always, you know, doing things on social media and stuff like that. But I'm always, you know, pouring into those guys. You know, my, my guy Ventrell Miller is still there. I came in with him. So, um, you know, I just feel like Florida is going to be great. You know what I'm saying? We're always going to be great. We That's just how we are. You know what I'm saying? In all aspects, academic, athletics, everything. So, uh, like I said, Florida, I just – I can't wait to continue to see what they got. And uh, hopefully, you know, they keep su- supporting me because I feel like I'm still a Florida Gator. Well, I mean, like you said, once a Gator, always a Gator. Um, my, my hope is that everyone who listens to this will definitely understand, um, you know, the, the reason for your – I don't want to call it a departure because, like you said, you, you finished your time at Florida, you got your degree, right. but it was the start of something new. You went to exactly. Jackson State. But, I mean, to me, man, you're, you're always a Gator. I don't see a, I don't see a real counter argument for that because you spent four years at Florida and right. you definitely gave your blood, sweat, and tears for the Florida Gators. So – uh, James, as as we end this, do you? Uh, I'll ask this as casually as I can. You got any plans this weekend? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I leave Vegas here, I'm headed back to Fort Lauderdale, man, and we just go sit back and watch the draft and just have fun and laugh and just. It should be a good time, man. It should be just the the culmination of my all my hard work uh, since literally you know my whole family being at every single game that I played at, coaching me, always just having my back. Um, it's, you know, it's a celebration of all that, um, and just an accomplishment for everything that I've done. And, uh, it should be a, a real fun time. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity that, that, that you gave me to, to come down and experience that with you in your house. That's oh, yeah. gonna be... <laughs> Dude, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as objective as possible, but I mean, as, as someone who's known you since you, I mean, literally uh, since you were a child, since you were a minor, um, before you've been being recruited, it's it's so awesome to see you have, see you have, having taken these steps. And I mean, uh, I'm proud of you as a Gator. I'm proud of you as a friend. I know you're going to make whichever team takes you nothing but thrilled to man. have you. And, and I can't wait to see what happens next, man. Yeah, sir. Me neither. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, you know, this whole journey with you, all the ups and downs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You giving me great advice and just, you know, trying to guide me throughout my process. So uh, look forward to seeing you back back in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. It just, it should be a great, great journey. I can't wait, man. I, I can't wait to see all your family again. I can't wait to see your name get called, to hear your name get called. Uh, it's going to be a moment you never forget, man. Whatever happens, whatever team takes you, you will never forget that moment. It's going to be hard work yes, after sir. that, but that moment what? is going to be something you never forget. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for the time, man. Uh, safe travels. Thank Take you, care man. of yourself. Enjoy yourself in Vegas, and I will see you very soon. Yep. It's always a pleasure, man. <laughs>